Hi, I'm Melissa Smith. I'm Spencer Ziegler. And I'm Serena Halstead. Welcome to Data Lit. So within our school district, like most other school districts in North Carolina, we are getting close to preparing for the final exams. Some of these will be the state standardized end of grade and end of course exams. As educators, we all know that these standardized exams tell one part of the story of how our students did throughout the academic year. In this district, we are very fortunate to have an entire department devoted to distributing and collecting materials for these exams, among other things. Today, we have Brian Sumner from the Wake County Public School System Testing Department to help us unpack where our standardized data comes from and to talk to us about the role of data. Brian, may you kindly introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us about your role at the testing office? Sure. Thanks for having me. My name is Brian Sumner. I'm the Senior Director for Testing for the Wake County Public School System. My history, a little bit about me, is I've worked at multiple levels. I've been a teacher assistant, a school counselor, uh, an administrator, and a senior administrator, and now I'm Senior Director of Testing. So I've kind of worked at multiple levels and uh, had a lot of experience both at the school and in central services. Our office distributes the materials, scores, cleans, and distributes scores for all the various state assessments. Yeah, and actually, uh, we had a question on that because I think when we think of those assessments, we tend to think of the EOGs and EOCs, right? But your department works with a whole bunch of standardized tests. What are some other assessments that y'all work with? Well, we work with the academically gifted uh, assessments like the COGAT in Iowa. There's the NC check-ins that kind of runs through our office as well. The ACT suite, there's now a series of ACT tests that the state does like ACT, the pre-ACT, the ACT work keys that we manage. There's the beginning of grade three test that's given to grade three students at the beginning of the school year. The access assessment that's given you know, every year kind of in the winter. We work with the PSAT as well. Uh, there used to be a testing season, but there's really not anymore. There's really something going along year year round now. Yeah. Y'all are busy. And Brian, I'm hearing multiple different types of tests that is being administered. But so my question here, what are the steps between students taking a test and teachers getting that data? So it really starts even well before that. So we're, we're now in April. Uh, we start planning the assessment uh, uh, several months ahead of time. So we've already sent the information files to the print shop to get the answer sheets pre-coded because they don't come that way from the state. Oh. Um, we've ordered materials for the end of the year or we're in the process of ordering those materials. Starting here in a, in a few weeks, we'll start packing materials for schools and then the assessments make their way to the various schools in the system. So then... We do training for test coordinators. Uh, in some cases, we help out with, with uh, the school level training. But for the most part, we train the test coordinators on the assessment and they train the folks at the school. The assessment gets administered and then we score the assessment, whether it's through downloading the online file for online assessments or scanning the uh, paper answer sheet. And then each day we download and back up and clean up everything to make sure that everybody gets the score that they are entitled to. So uh, we double check to make sure each student who tested gets a score hmm. for the uh, for the assessment. Makes me think of, you know, they talk about with referees or umpires or something that when they're doing a good job, you don't notice them. You know, mm. and it thinks about just mm -hmm. with, as educators, we're always working with this data and we don't see all those steps that, yeah. that, that make it to that. Right. And without that, you know, we talk about the, the we need that valid and reliable data. 
But if any of those steps, the data security gets messed up, then we don't have the data that we need. So it's interesting. Yeah. What I've told, one of the things that I've told a lot of my friends is if they hear about anything that is re- related to my work, that I'm probably about to get in trouble for something. So yeah, we, <laughs> right, we're right. very much behind the scene. Very meticulous about the work, the process, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then the, there's that step afterwards about what we do with the data. I think that's something mm-hmm. that we were talked about in our last series, that taking that data point and triangulating it with other data points to get a fuller picture of the story. But oftentimes, you know, as a teacher, I don't think about like what stuff Brian does. Like, I mean, I know I give the test to the students, they take it, I get results, but, and I'm banking that those results are accurate, but I don't really think about what goes into the systems and processes that he would have to put in place to make sure that the results that I get are accurate Mm -hmm. so that I can use that data to make informed decisions. Well, there's a cool story that I can share about that. So a, a few years ago when we had the North Carolina final exams, mm-hmm. the state scanning software is really good. It, there are a lot of fail safes, a lot of backups in, in, in there to make sure that things go the way they're supposed to. And some of it from years of experience, we've looked at where those fail safes kind of fall through and we know what to check. When we were given the North Carolina final exams a few years ago, there was a uh, student who took an assessment and it wasn't really the correct one for them. And something happened and there was a scoring error. And when it came up, we f- we caught it and we reached out to the school. It was one of those like final backup checks that we do. Right. And we caught it and contacted the school. And that student was not going to graduate with the grade that they got if they hadn't if we hadn't caught that, it would have it would have prevented that student from from graduating. So we know that, you know, after the data makes its way from the student completes the test and then it takes it to you and you clean it and you give the results, that data is then made available back to students and to families. How does your department support the notion of sharing results with, with students and families? One of the things that we do is we, we, our whole department works together to make sure that each family gets the individual student reports, which has a state, it's a state report that has a breakdown of how that student did and how that student compares to other students within our school district, within the, the school itself, right. and within the state. Yeah. That's one of the things that we send to parents, whether it's paper and pencil. We're moving toward an online option now, but we make sure that those get there. Uh, we also give the school a variety of reports to try and help with that instruction to give some context to yeah. those those scores. I know that the school accountability team and we work together on a lot of different things to make sure that schools have the most up-to-date information they possibly can. And then we also are instrumental in loading all the data from the scores into a place so that principals and school personnel can generate a variety of reports. It's not a stagnant report anymore. It's not like printing out a piece of paper so that people have the results. It's, it's, putting it in a format that's consumable, manipulatable, all those things so that so that people can get the information they need. And then there's a history of it. We get a variety of reports from the Department of Public Instruction. Right. So sometimes what we do is try and figure out how it's more consumable for principals, for school personnel. How can we make it more accessible? And one of the things that we've been instrumental in is trying to, as a department, not just as our team, but instrumental in trying to make sure that the data are consumable, because there is so much data out there, trying to make sure that principals and and school personnel have what they need, and then that they can move it around in whatever format they need to. 
I like that because one of the things we've talked about in this series is everyone's data literacy and their ability to understand the data. Because if you don't mm -hmm. understand the data, then it's it sort of limits or hinders your ability to make sense of it and then yeah. make decisions. So it's good to know, and I wouldn't have not thought about that, that, you know, the testing department thinks about that. You know, oftentimes you sort of think, okay, you guys just are giving tests and picking up tests and scoring tests. Right. But not that, so I like that you bring that up, that you're thinking about consume, like how we consume the results. Like that's something, you know, within your control if you can help it, and how do you help us do that? Yeah, because I think when I was in the classroom, I, I probably thought of most assessments as criterion reference, you know, comparing against the standards. Right. But for it to be norm reference, to have that comparisons with kids within your class, within your school, within your district, within your state, mm -hmm. you have all those extra steps to make sure that those comparisons are apt. And that is tricky, and I appreciate the context that you give with those assessments so that um, teachers and students and families can know what is kind of back to... Um, what Sandy Carter said in the previous episode, what is the data telling us and what is the data not telling no, us? That's right, right. Uh, we're fortunate in, in our department that we have leadership that really values wanting schools to have whatever it is that they need. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, and that's, I think that's throughout our department is we are always seeking feedback to try and figure out how we can be more helpful, what can we provide that would be helpful, what can we provide that will give more context to those scores? Because as you guys talked about, the, the, the context is really the, the piece. Yeah. The, the standardized test score, standardized test scores are, are important. They're a valid data piece, but you can't look at a test score at the end of the year and get the full picture of what that student right. is. It's, a, it's that snapshot, that's a snapshot of where that student is on that day. Mm -hmm. So it's, context is important. Yeah. Definitely. So, Brian, one of the things we have heard that it's not always all business and that you have uh, some really funny, have come across some funny stories in your time at a testing office in terms of things that have happened. Uh, uh, I think for me, I know I often think, OK, well, there's nothing interesting or funny or, you know, you all just give tests and pick up tests. But I have heard that there are some interesting things that have happened over time. And so. We're going to move to a section where it's called, believe it or not, where Brian's going to share some inter interesting scenarios. And mm -hmm. we as a team have to figure out whether it's true or not. And maybe most of it will be true based on my experience in our tests in the classroom. Any of you three, so yeah, we'll compete and listeners, you know, compete along with us. Either you think you're going to win this. I think, I think, I, yeah, You're I will win this. Okay, yeah. Serena's calling her shop. Stop. Okay. I only, my see. confidence depends on what am I winning. <laughs> Bragging rights? Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Immortality. That's what you get. You get, you get immortality. Yeah, through the podcast. All right. It is, yeah, generations from now, they will know okay. who won this contest. <laughs> so let me, let me give a little context for the, for listeners out there. So every year things occur during testing. A standardized test, really what it is, is what happens in Wake County should mirror what happens in Alamance, should mirror what happens in Surrey. Right. Whenever something unusual happens, it's considered an irregularity. Test coordinators send us their irregularities. We make a decision whether it impacts the validity of the test, and then we submit it to the state, and they keep a record of it. Right. So sometimes we get irregularities like, you know, just your standard irregularity, something just unusual happens. These are the more interesting irregularities that leave an impact. And an irregularity may not affect the, the validity of the test. 
in these cases, they could have. They, they, they could have. But but these are some of the more fun ones that we've been, or not, maybe not fun, maybe that's the wrong word, some of the more interesting ones we've experienced through through the course of the year. So one of these series that I'm getting ready to share with you is is totally made up. I'm, I made it up. Okay. Um, the rest of them really happened. So out of all the ones we're getting ready to experience, only one of them is made up. Okay. All right. So we got where, this. I don't think he's putting the false one first. Wait, let me look. How's your poker? <laughs> the audience can't listen, but we can. We have, a, we have an advantage. Okay, okay, okay. So give us the first scenario. Okay, first scenario. A student was feeling sick, was really trying hard not to show it. Finally, he couldn't hold it back anymore and had only what we could classify as explosive projectile vomit. <laughs> it went everywhere. There was even enough force behind it for it to get into the hair of the girl sitting in front of him. I believe it. Yeah, I'm saying that's true. That's Me true. Yeah, I get, okay, we're all saying. I get, yeah, yeah, I can think you can get nervous enough where that can happen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hate agree for with it that. to happen. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't happen more because I'm one of those. If I see you throw up, I'm going to throw up. You're a yeah. synthetic vomiter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, did it happen? That one happened. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We all, all right. got a point. Yeah. Right. About you, listeners. Let's see. All right. I call this one the mouse in the house and, 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 and kind of picture like Stuart Little here. Uh, during the test administration, a mouse scurried across the room. A student who was testing pointed at it and whispered loud enough for other people to hear, there he is again. And again. Then, and then resumed <laughs> testing as if nothing had happened. Oh. Oh. There's two, there's two levels to this. There's there being a mouse, and then I love that <laughs> – they talk about that like Ernest Hemingway six ways six word story. There he is again. Mm-hmm. Right, it's beautiful. Right. It's not the first time he's made his yeah. appearance. Right, right. It would almost be a misadministration if the mouse wasn't there because they're used to that as the classroom environment. I'm gonna say true. I'm gonna say true. What do you guys? I'm going to say true in that. I could see a mouse running in a room that is totally quiet. You know, when it's testing time, everybody gets quiet to focus on that test. That mouse might believe nobody's in the room, so he's running around. Yes, but then that means that we have mice in the rooms. <laughs> so say false, then. Go against the grain. Let's, let's well, let's, uh, I think it happened. Okay, we're all saying true again. That's, that okay. one happened. Yeah, two for that two. one happened. Right. Now, number three, I feel like this is the spot. Like, I think when I was going to select a response. Oh, my God. See, you, you put them on. Okay, so let's see uh, this next one. All right. I call this one itchy and scratchy. So the test administrator notified the test coordinator that a student had lice. And, but it wasn't just lice. It, the test administrator said the bugs were literally jumping off of the student's head and crawling across the answer sheet. Actually, I think she said dancing across the answer sheet. <laughs> The test coordinator sent their most bald staff member down with a plastic bag to collect wait, the Brooklyn wait. answer sheet. This is true because Brian was on the scene. He was the bald staff member. It's a staff member. That's a clue. I'm going to say, no, wait, wait, was, I don't believe else? this. That's it. That's okay. it. No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that one bit. I think that's Mm-mm. false. False. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say, I don't want us all to agree on all these. So I'm going to say this one is true. This one actually happened. Oh, All right, no. gotta lead, gotta lead. Immortalized. No, I think we some. should. I think we should stop the game right now. <laughs> 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 um, all right. A student sneezed so violently that he lost his grip on the pencil he was holding. The pencil flew across the room and hit another student in the eye. The student who was hit in the eye couldn't complete testing, had to stop and go to the doctor. Okay, that's false. That that, that is outright false. That's false. That did not happen. No. Uh, this feels like something, but I'm going to, 
feel like I should play it safe by, by saying true. I'm going to say this is true again, just since you two said, said false. And Spencer, if you lose, deduct a point. One of your points. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we keep scoring the same way. What are you talking about? You're, not, you're leading us right now. You're leading us. Okay. Okay. All right. This is the one I made up. Ah! <laughs> okay. Oh, so we tied. Each of us got. All right. Yeah, each of us got. Right. We can't do any more because then that was, uh, that was it. Like, okay. Okay. So each of us got three right. So not bad, not bad. We'll see how so listeners So it's a three-way did. tie? Three-way tie. So we're all immortalized. I'm asking for 3% history. more in my salary. Pitch <laughs> <laughs> it up. See what they can do. <laughs> Brian, just let can, me know when to come by for my prize. I can send you some number two pencils. We have a few of those laying around. <laughs> I will. I will cherish it. I love a Brian. good pencil. Yes. I love a good pencil because I have a really good sharpener. There you so go. I love a good pencil. <laughs> So, Brian, as we wrap up, what's one thing you would like teachers to know about the testing office? One of the big things is test-taking anxiety is a real thing. Test-taking anxiety is a real thing, and students are impacted a lot of times by how adults react. Um, So on test days, it it can be really stressful, especially for for teachers, for students. You know, the the big thing for us is to try and mitigate that as much as possible. Um, Stay calm reassure the students they've had a year to prepare and uh, teachers have been teaching for a year there's no reason to freak out on test day it's just another day yeah testing is important yeah it can be anxiety and and nobody wants to do it but um, just know that the students are stressed out too and try and try and calm them down as much as possible the other thing I would want to share is I know that you said one thing I'm sharing too um, <laughs> the other thing that I would want to share is, is well, there's a big thing out there, like you can lose your job from testing. And while that is true to a, some degree, you have to do something really, really bad to be able to get to that point. I mean, we're talking about falsifying data or giving students answers to questions. A simple mistake, like not reading the directions exactly perfectly every time that's not going to do it uh yeah. making a mistake is 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 not you forgot a line in the, in the right. Say right right yeah. right Can you go back and just say it over yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking about things that like falsified data intentionally yeah. skewing yeah. results mm-hmm. intensely intentionally violating test security those types right. of things right. those those things are those, those are bad and we do have some of those that we that we deal with this is my least favorite part of my job but you know, overall, if you go in and you, I mean, you got a manual that tells you what to say and what to do. Yeah. It, it really isn't that hard. And I feel like those two are somewhat linked in that, you know, there's that concept of mirror neurons, right? That when you see someone experiencing an emotion, your brain processes it, processes it as if you're experiencing it. So that easier said than done from here, but just the more you can make the testing environment a calm you know, respectful one, then the better it's going to be, the better, the more accurate data it's going to yield as well. I feel I learned to appreciate that as a parent, because mm. I read that in Malcolm Gladwell's work about how kids read your yeah. body language. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. only as a parent did I recognize how important it is for me to internalize, like be, be, be conscious and aware of what, what messages I'm sending, verbal or nonverbal, so mm. that, you know, your students can have a... Uh, because test, test anxiety for me is a real thing. Yeah. Like I suffer from it really bad. Yeah. And so to kind of be in the mindset of, 
hey, it's going to be right. What are things we can do? Like, just mm -hmm. relax, you know. You know, kind of make, just lighten it up a little bit because I know for myself, I'm like, oh, my God. I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm when, when my son was a third grader, and he took the BOG. So keep in mind, I was working in the testing office at this point. Um, when my son was a third grader, my wife came in and he was about to take the BOG the following day. And he was he was anxious. And my wife came in and said, you need to go talk to him. He's he's really worked up about this. And I was like, oh, he's he's going to be fine. He's a smart kid. He'll be fine. And she was like, no, you you really need to go talk to him. And I went in and he was he was emotional he was like really emotional and it, it had an impact impact on me and I, I sat down with him and i said bud you know just go in and do your best whatever you've got just just do your best and that that's all i care about if at the end of this regardless of how you score as long as you can tell me you did your best we're going to be okay and it he i could visually see him relax and as as a person who works in testing that got me emotional right. it, it it had an impact on me so if if i could tell a parent one thing you know encourage yeah yeah, it's not the end of the world. It makes me, I feel like the through line for this whole podcast is always we geek out going really deep into the data, and then we step back and say, all that's important, but ultimately it comes down to relationships. Yeah. Right. It's a human aspect to all right, of right. this. And so that's why I like the whole line that we had about the data tells a story, because in yeah. the story, they're human beings. And so you know, I'm. And I'm going to say hats off to the teachers who, you know, keep their composure so the students can feel comfortable yeah. within the classroom because I'm sure teachers you know get concerned or, about the testing results so hats off to the teachers who make the testing day a fun day for the students yeah one of our one of our lines that we've shared with folks is one of the best skills you can have is to stay calm while everybody else is losing their mind yeah yeah, yeah. I like that So on that note, Brian, we thank you so much for coming over here and let, letting us know about the work that is done in the testing department. Thank you for you know, enlightening us about it's not just collecting testing materials or distributing them, but also making sure that when the results are in, you deliver them in a consumable way for our principals and our teachers to um, continue to explore what the data is saying. As always, if you have any questions, further comments, or notes, you can send us a message at www.wcpss.net slash datalit. Thanks to Moore Square Magnet Middle School's Maya Smith for our theme music. And thank you, Brian, for joining us. Thank Thanks no for data having literacy me. without the data. Thanks. There you go. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Take Bye. care. Bye.